So Matthew 5, we're going to start in verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Good morning. Talking about mercy today. I'm glad you're here. Um, Cooper and Trey, can you guys come up here for a second? Um, while you guys are coming up here, Abram, fire that, that picture. When I think of mercy, a lot of times I think of this guy. You guys know what I'm talking about right now? You can hear him saying it. Have mercy. So I want you guys to come up here. Um, you guys know how to play mercy? You ever played mercy before? I should have set this up before you got up here. You ever played it before? All right, so we've played it before. You and I have. You just don't know the name of it. So you lock hands, put your hands in front of you, and like you lock hands together. And Trey, you're trying to push his this way until so much like, so he can't, like it hurts too bad. He's got to say mercy. Cooper, you're trying to push him that way until he says mercy. Okay, we're not starting yet. Don't cheat. All right, so here we go. Okay? So what you do, is when, when you're done, like when you can't take anymore, you have to say mercy. And so, Trey, when you make Cooper say mercy, you have to stop. All right? So it, when you want him to stop, you just holler mercy and he'll stop. All right? So go. Come on. Come on. Get into it. These guys are all going to laugh at you if you lose. Come on. Come on. Get a little effort into it. You can, you can kind of move the hands down if you want. Like, oh, man, you're in trouble, Cooper. <laughs> Who's got this on video? <laughs> Perfect. Okay, okay. Stop. Stop. All right. Um, Cooper, stay here. Trey, you can go sit down. Uh, so, Joe, you come up here. All right. Um, same same scenario. Joe, get after it. Don't take it easy on him at all. Make him make him go to his knees. Any cheap shots? No, no cheap shots. Okay. <laughs> he just said old man strength. All right, you ready? Yeah. Go. He said it. He said it very quietly. Mercy. 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 Um So, mercy. This is a good picture, a, a good partial picture of when we see mercy in scripture of what it means. Do you guys seriously have that on video? Fantastic. Awesome. It's on an Instagram page, so I'll be looking at everyone's forehead for the next few minutes. Um, so uh, mercy, that's a good picture, but not all the way of what mercy is, but it helps us to, to get our minds pushing towards this idea of what mercy is. Um, the biblical definition of mercy you may have heard it uh, most likely incorrectly, but this is the, the strict biblical definition of what the word mercy means is to help the afflicted. To help the afflicted. So, in, in this setting, when they were, they were dancing, I was merciful to them by ending what was happening. I was helping the afflicted. Um, but then when Joe 
drives Cooper down to one knee and Cooper says, mercy, Joe's helping the afflicted. Like the, the point of mercy is to see and acknowledge that someone is being afflicted while it kind of breaks down because it's Joe that's doing the afflicting. Um, but it's, it's bringing help to the afflicted. Um, and I want to go slow today because I want you guys to, to really process and think about what this is. Um, to give mercy is to help or to, to stop or to help to stop the hurt for someone. To, give, to show mercy to someone and blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. To show mercy to someone is to engage and enter into someone's affliction and bring help to them or to stop that affliction altogether. Um, and this is ultimately what God has done to you in the bringing of Jesus, the sending of Jesus to this earth. And it's that sending of Jesus to come and enter into our affliction, enter into our affliction with an answer for the affliction to stop it. So the picture of what God has done, but it's also a picture of what God is saying and speaking to us. Um, I want to give a, a few statements here to how God has shown us mercy, how God has helped to heal our affliction. He has healed the pain. He has removed the shame. I want you to understand that. I, like, we're a small crowd due to weather today, but like, I want you to understand that if there's shame that's present in your life, the mercy of God intends to enter into that and take it away. Think about the phrase, God and God's mercy, its intent is to bring help to the afflicted. If you sense or feel shame in your life, it's God's intent to take that away. He's also come to make the broken whole. I want you to consider in a, in a deep way these things. Are you feeling broken? Are you feeling um, not full? Are you feeling unsatisfied because of some sort of brokenness in your life? Is there something wrong with you? Do you consider there to be something wrong with you? God has come to make the broken whole. Is there a broken relationship in your world? God has come to restore, to bring help to the afflicted. Many times in our lives, the affliction that we sense is a broken relationship. God has come, God has entered in, God has sent Jesus to connect with you, to enter into your affliction, to enter into that broken relationship for the purposes of making it whole, restoring that relationship. Like, I, I, that's a cliche thing you've heard in church before. Jesus came to restore relationships. But I want you to understand that that's what mercy means, to bring help to your affliction. He has come to help the afflicted. This is mercy. Um, we're going to spend the next few minutes looking at several different psalms. Uh, they all happen to be in your bulletin. I, that's intentional, so you can take them with you as you go. But they'll also be on the screen, and we're going to look at them one by one. But I want you to see that help and need are constant themes in these verses. Some are explicit and some are implicit, but there's help and need everywhere throughout. And I want you to see 
the voice of the author of these psalms and their deep awareness of their need. But not just their awareness of their need, but the awareness of where the help to change that need, to satisfy that need are coming from. There is awareness of need and an awareness of God's willingness and ability to help. Um, As we look at these things, um, each verse, I want you to see what each one of these verses say about God and what they say about us. That's always a great, two great questions to ask whenever you're reading any sort of scripture at all. But in particular, we're thinking of mercy as a means help to the afflicted. But how does, how do these verses, what do they say about God and what do they say about you? Um, I think here's a few things that I want you to pay attention to about what they say about God. First, that he's willing, that he's able, that he's listening, that he's ready, and that he's close. Do you think of, like, consider this, like, like a, a, a dad or a mom waiting for their daughter to come home from a first date. Like, I just, I want her to be, or a dad or a mom waiting at home when the weather's bad for their child to come home. Like, just ready. Like, I want you, when you see mercy appearing in Scripture, understand that God waits to show you mercy. I don't know where it is. Somewhere in Isaiah, that verse appears. God waits to show you mercy. Like, think about the, just every bit of of the nervous mom waiting for her child to get home. God waits to give you mercy and and see that about God. And and God has shown mercy enough to these to the psalmist that's writing these psalms, that, that they are, they're writing these things down, aware of their need, but also aware of God's willingness and ability to meet the need. And he's ready and waiting. So let's, uh, verse Psalm 25, 2. Again, what do they say about God? What do they say about you? Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy. When I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary. Consider that. What does it say about God and what does it say about the psalmist? Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help. Like the psalmist is clearly aware and intimately aware of need for help. The, one of the precursors for us to connect with the mercy of God is to to be aware of our need for help. Um, I am keenly aware of my need for help. Are you keenly aware of your need for help? So much so that you would utter a, a, a prayer like this. And, and consider what's probably going on in the psalmist's life to write this. And consider it to be good when affliction happens to you, when that affliction leads you to awareness of the, the strength and love and ability and readiness of God's mercy. Like, think, think deeply here about this. Like, when, when bad happens to us, can it be good if it leads us to awareness that there's an incredible, holy, and wonderful, and perfect God who loves incredibly, who is ready and waiting to bring help to your affliction? 
thank you, is, is it incredible to consider that maybe the bad that's going on in your world is there to get you to be aware of the fact that there is a good and holy and perfect and wonderful God ready and willing and able to enter into your affliction to bring you help. This is mercy. And God offers it to you. Like, get beyond just the... There's a lot of churchy-type language in this Psalm 25-2 and the rest of the Psalms we're going to read. But look at it. Hear the, the pain. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help. I think about what's going on in the life of this guy to write this song. When I look at my hands, he's holy sanctuary. It, he knows where God is. Psalm 28, 6, the next one. Blessed be the Lord, who has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. Blessed be the Lord. Am I, there we go. It's a deep, let me say that again for the third time. Plea for mercy is a deep and connected awareness to our need. And if that's true, and God's ready and willing and able and eager to meet and satisfy your soul with his mercy, any, anything that makes us aware of our need has got to be labeled good. But you heard the voice, Psalm 31, 22, but you heard the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cried to you for help. Such simple language. Such beautiful, poetic, simple language. Hear the voice of God saying to you, he's waiting, willing, ready to hear you. Psalm forty eleven. as for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. Okay, remember our definition of mercy, help to the afflicted. God will not restrain his help from your affliction. And his steadfast love and his faithfulness will ever preserve me. Like, faithfulness is a word that we throw around and we long to be and we, we attach to God. But faithful and steadfast are just remaining, abiding, have only to do with the giver and not the receiver. When God's love is steadfast and when he is faithful, it's got nothing to do with you, your inadequacies, or your successes or your failures. It has everything to do with him. And God's mercy is motivated and born and birthed in his steadfast love and his faithfulness. And it is attacking you. His mercy is, is relentless to you. His help for your affliction is relentless to you. 
Psalm 51, 1. Psalm 51, by the way, is David after he's just been caught in adultery by taking another man's wife and having that man killed and realizing that this person that he's had an adulterous affair with is now carrying his child and the things are really bad. Sin abounds in David's life. And he writes this. Have mercy on me, O God. Help my affliction. Like, David, of all the people in the world, has no right to ask anything from God. Yet, he does. And yet, God responds. Have mercy on me, O God. Help my affliction. David's affliction is his grotesque sin. Like, think about what he did. He's supposed to be doing something in battle, fighting with his his men. Instead, he stays home and has sex with another man's wife and then kills that man and then raises that that child. Or actually, that child dies soon after it's born. Like, affliction is real for David. And David's response is, I am fully aware of my need and I need you to help me. But the beautiful part also comes beyond have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, according to just means be who you are. Be who you are. God is mercy. Psalm 55, 1. Give ear to my prayer, O God. Hide not your Self for my plea for mercy. There's that word plea again. Give ear to my prayer and hide not yourself for my plea for help for my affliction. Where is your affliction? Think about your affliction and God's ready, willing, and able to come in and enter in and bring his help. Psalm 103, 4. This is all just beautifully redundant. Psalm 103, 4 talking about God who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. I've talked about this before, this verse before. I've actually preached Psalm 103 here before. And this phrase, crowns, he crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, that idea is to surround you completely and totally at all times. That's the word picture. When, when God says, crown you with steadfast love and mercy. What he's saying is, I put my steadfast love and mercy on you and it surrounds you and affects you always at all times. The Lord your God is always affecting you with his mercy. The only role that we have to play is awareness. Back to our beatitude Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So we spent the first half of our sermon this morning thinking about what mercy is and how God has been merciful to us. And now let's zero in on the directive from this beatitude. Be mercy. You go and as God has, so shall you also go. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall reserve, receive mercy. How is God calling you to help the afflicted? Because make no mistake, 
God is calling you. God is calling Brittany. God is calling Joe. God is calling John. God is calling Jen. God is calling Mia to help the afflicted. God is calling Rachel, Josh. God is calling you, every one of you, to help the afflicted. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Diagnostic questions for you to give your life in mercy. How am I gifted? Every one of you is, is gifted with mental, emotional, and physical, and passion gifts. Every one of you are gifted. And every one of you are called to show mercy, to help the afflicted. Like, here's something I've said before, but it's really hit home this, this week as I've studied this. Like, there's someone in your world who you are uniquely qualified to help. There's someone in your world who can receive help from no one but you. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy. How am I gifted? Second diagnostic question, where are my passions? What are you passionate about? Like what wakes you up? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What fires you? What makes you angry? What makes you happy? What makes you love? What makes your heart sing? What gets you excited? What happened to you this week that you couldn't wait to go tell somebody about? That you had to grab your phone and text your best friend or your husband or your wife or, or, or someone? Where are your passions? Again, diagnostic questions for giving your life away in mercy. Third one, where am I strong where others might be weak? Consider where you're strong where somebody else might be weak. God is probably calling you to enter in to the afflicted with your help. Fourth, what do I have in plenty where others around me are in need? Pretty simple there. And fifth and final, where does my heart bleed for someone or for a people group? Where does my heart bleed for someone, a person, or a people group? Again, make no mistake, God is calling you to give your life away. And what this beatitude says is your happiness and your satisfaction and your fulfillment is at stake here. Blessed are the merciful, happy, satisfied, full. That's blessed. Um, every week, this is now the sixth Pursuit of Happiness sermon. Every week we've shown you a little bumper video at the beginning. After having said what I've said for the first few minutes, uh, I want you to, to watch this again. Hit that.
blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy, tells you that the most self-interested thing that you can do is help someone in their affliction. We fill our lives and busy our lives with pursuits of stuff. Trying to bring happiness for ourselves. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Is God himself in the person of Jesus Christ saying to you, enter into people's pain and hurt and bring mercy. Um, I want to end with just reading a passage over you. Um, It's Isaiah 53. And again, looking back to Christ and his perfect example of mercy. And understand in Hebrews, the scriptures tell us that Jesus Christ endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Jesus Christ endured the cross. There's several like inferred reasons we can think about why Jesus died on the cross, but the only point blank this is why that scripture tells us is because Jesus did it for his own joy. Jesus allowed himself to be inflicted, afflicted, so that the affliction that you were enduring would be taken away for the joy that was set before him. Look at the perfect example of Christ. Isaiah 53, 4-7, and look specifically at the words of affliction. Verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. And yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus is your model. Make no mistake, God is calling you to be Jesus in this world, to bring his mercy, to enter into affliction with the help of the Lord. Let's pray. God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the simplicity of your call in this beatitude for us to bring and give mercy. And Lord, I, uh, I appreciate that this is hard. I appreciate that the likelihood is you're calling people in this room and you're calling people who will hear this later. You're calling them to enter into a life that is hard. To enter into someone's life to help their affliction. And that's going to be messy. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be painful. It's not going to be fun. But Lord, I pray that you would motivate our hearts and our lives and our actions 
motivate us by your son Jesus who was smitten by you who was broken pierced, wounded killed for the sake of another Lord I pray that you would impart your steadfast love into us God I pray that we would love unconditionally Lord I pray that you would motivate us by this beatitude Father that we can pursue our own happiness and fulfillment and satisfaction by giving our lives away Lord, I pray for these moments as we, re- we enter into our time of response. I pray, Lord, would you, would you give us whatever is needed to see a name, to see a face, to see a way? And then would you give us what's needed to go and act? God, I thank you. you have entered into our need entered into our affliction with your perfect and complete help God send us now with the gift of your mercy and send us now with a gift of your passions and and how you've equipped and, and trained us Father to go into this world God, commune with us now. Abide with us now. Give us instruction. Thank you for Jesus. In the example of his life and his death and his resurrection that are the perfect picture of mercy. God, give us what we need to be Jesus. It's in Christ's name. Amen.